0: Well, good morning. So glad to be with y'all. Merry Christmas. We can officially say it now. Um, Did you notice like the decorations were like faster this year in schools? I mean, not in schools, in um, stores. Like I walked in one store and it was like, oh, there's Halloween. It's September. And then, I mean, before Halloween was over, they cleaned that out. It was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving lasted about three days of decorations. And then. Everything you looked around was was Christmas, but you know we we are here. I mean it is the, the Christmas season, and um, we're here to kick it off with um, with Advent. Uh, churches all over the world have been doing this for thousands of years, and uh, it's been a really uh, interesting thing to watch uh, it go away for a season in the church because people thought it felt too religious or to, uh, you know, like my my grandparents used to do that. Now it's making a resurgence. And it's not just, you know, the Advent wreath. It's the Advent season. It is this time of preparation uh, as we get time to prepare our hearts um, for what we celebrate, um, a Savior that came to us, that God put on flesh and dwelt among us that we needed a savior to die in our place and no one could do it unless they lived a perfect life. And God said, well, I've already got a plan. I'm coming down. And he did. You know, Advent is that waiting game. We're all waiting for something, aren't we in life? I mean, whether it's a, a, a big life change, peace and chaos, or just, man, I just want to break. Advent is exactly what you need. Do you know that the Advent, uh, Advent actually starts the church calendar? We start our calendars when? January. Nice. It was a trick question. It wasn't a trick question. You guys are looking. Yeah, we started in January. We always have. I mean, I've always learned that. I hope I'm not wrong. But um, the, the, the church leaders years and years ago, they said, hey, when we start our church calendar, we're going we're gonna to start our year. Uh, in the Christmas season, we're going to start our year uh, in Advent to prepare our hearts for Christmas. And this is what kicks off our year as Christians. It's like our new year. And um, Advent, it's it's acknowledging that together, the reality of life's uncertainties is that we live in a world where we don't know what's going to happen next, we have no clue. I mean, we were trying to predict who was going to be the top four teams in the college football playoffs just a few minutes ago. We have no idea. This is much bigger than that, isn't it? I mean, this is life. This is where we place our hope. Is who we are placing our hope in going to come through in the end for us? Like all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength being lived for him is he really going to come back again one day? That's the anticipation and that is the promise because it was promised to the people of old that a savior would come and he did. I mean, the statistical possibility of all the prophecies Jesus fulfilled, it's, it's the, the amount of zeros will spin your head. It literally would fill up this entire screen that one person could fulfill, like I think they say eight of these prophecies of Jesus. Our hope is a short hope. Our hope is a hope you can build your life upon because our hope's in Jesus, who's coming again. And so we prepare our hearts for Advent. As Dee said earlier, um, it's a four-week process leading up to it. The, the duration's four weeks, and it it's concludes, uh, we will conclude it uh, on Christmas Eve. By the way, Christmas Eve um, is at if you didn't see our uh, weekly or our monthly email now uh, we will meet Christmas Eve at 10 a.m. They will not let us in the building uh, after that they don't have coverage for that so 10 a.m. I thought that was a bummer but we've traveled a few times we've been to a couple of churches over the last month or so like everybody's going morning I don't know why it's pretty cool like people are like we're not going to be stressed and you know and here's the deal as a pastor. I'm just going to be honest with you about Christmas Eve. You don't come for me. I get it. I'm not offended. Uh, you come to sing some carols. You sing to sing, you look at kids, do something fun and gracious and be encouraged in the Lord, and then you go eat, right? Well, now you don't have to worry about that because it'll be at 10 a.m. and we'll be done by 11.45 now. 11 o'clock, we'll be done. But these countdowns, uh, of these candles is something I want to talk about today. And then I'm going to have a scripture that I want to read to us that is, that is actually from the, the church lecture area, which is, which has helped guides us through, um, through our Advent season and the church year. This, uh, this is not just for ambiance that we light candles. This is not just to have some decorations. This is, this is a countdown. It's each candle symbolizing an aspect of the journey uh, that we're on as we approach Christmas, this Advent season. And so candle one, which was lit today, was hope, which we need, right? We need to be reminded that we have hope because in a world that is sometimes heavy, it's a reminder that there's something good coming, that there is light in the dark. It's it's like turning on a flashlight when you, uh, when you hear a noise, you know, or flipping on the, the like, you're like, "Ah, oh, I got to see what's up, you know, and you feel better just seeing, unless there's like a big bear in your den or whatever, you'd feel worse. But you get what I'm saying, like, light, light is, is, is you know, it always cuts through the darkness. And so that's why we light the candle of hope, that hope is here, and hope is coming again. And so candle two will be about peace. As we go through the Advent season, we're going to be talking about this, this, this desire that we all have for an inner calm. Like anxiety is on an all-time high. Depression is on an all-time high. Suicide is at an all-time high. Abuse is at an all-time high. Alcohol use, all-time high. Drug use, all-time Do you see a trend Like, it hasn't always, like, gone that way, if you look at the trends. But it's, we are trending. This is crazy. And it's because we are without peace much of the time. Certainly those without Christ are without peace. And so we get to be the people that walk in this peace, walk in this hope, in a world that has none of that. We are part of the Advent celebration. We are part of the journey because people get to see God's work in our lives. Not so we can brag, but so that we can say, you can have this too. You can enjoy this peace. You can enjoy this hope. And candle three is all about joy. I was able to uh, be a part of a, a memorial service yesterday. And joy looked real different there than it does how we think. Like there was laughter and there was crying and there was grief and there was mourning and there was celebration and there was anger and there was sadness and there was all of that together. And yet, even if you didn't look at, there was people that were just like, there's something joyful about this. Because somebody that's passed away is with you now. That, that, that is what we get to do in this season in particular. Like the world is going to be running around like crazy. Preparing for a day that's pretty much over in about seven minutes. and We get to participate celebrating that day for the next month. Like see, that's the anticipation. As we talk about the gifts of Christmas at Advent, Uh, Anticipation is what we're talking about today to kick us off. We'll talk about repentance, actually the gift of repentance next week. The following week, we'll talk about the gift of bearing witness. And then on Christmas Eve, we light two candles. You wonder why? Just because the way the year felt, because there's no four Sundays leading up to Christmas Eve. It's actually one and the same. And so we will talk about the love of Jesus and how Christ... uh, fulfills what all that avid wreath points to. I want you to stay seated. I'm going to read to us um, from my phone, which I normally don't do, but as I was opening up my page, I realized one of my children's dogs has chewed the corner at some point, and it... I don't want to not, not read you what God's word says, so it's uh, necessary. Um... This from Mark chapter 13, uh, beginning in verse 24. You can stay seated. I know I normally stand, but I went longer in the front end here for a reason. These are the words of Jesus. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four corners and bring them to heaven. I mean, that is a thing that we need to understand in context. I mean, if you just read that verse, you were like, What? Like, what do you mean? I mean, it sounds almost like a Marvel movie a little bit. Like, it's just like, what? Like the star, like the things are just going to go crazy. But understanding this in context is this, is that Jesus speaks about the coming of the Son of Man, being the Son of Man. He's He's foretelling a time of great cosmic events. He is there. He's like, I have come. I am the Son of Man, but I am coming back, and there's going to be some great cosmic events here. He speaks of... The signs of like things happening with the sun, the moon, the stars, events that will signal the arrival of the son of man coming back in glory. Jesus encourages us in these verses to be watchful and anticipate his return. Why is it so important to anticipate? Anticipation is like it's a really, really powerful force. I mean, think of something that you have anticipated in your life at some point or another. It might not be going well now, but at one point you anticipated it, and it was, it was really exciting, like a relationship uh, or a birthday that you anticipated. You're excited, and all of a sudden everybody forgot your birthday. Awesome. That didn't happen to me. I'm not telling a story to sure bitterness or anything. But anticipation is powerful. Anticipation is what we're called to do, anticipating the coming Christ into our lives in new ways each and every day. Like, we're not just anticipating his return and we're like, okay, well, we're just going to wait for that. No, while we're waiting, it's like, oh, you mean I get to open this gift? You mean I get to learn this lesson? You mean I get to understand what this means? Like, we get to grow in him. As we're waiting for his return, it's not like we just sit here and wait and fold our hands, twiddle our thumbs, and one day. No, this is a relationship that he wants with us, that he offers to us. And what he is saying is, I'm offering it to you, I'm offering for you to walk in this daily. And one day, when I come back, you will fully understand a relationship with me. You will fully, nothing will hold you back. But until then, isn't it wonderful? To not just anticipate God coming back, though that will be great, but to anticipate what he can do in our day-to-day lives. See, that is what brings hope. That God is the God of change in the here and now. And he's preparing eternity for us. Now, preceding these verses of what we read about the sun, the moon, the stars, all that craziness, there is the parable of the fig tree. And in those verses, Jesus is sharing the parable and he's using the imagery of this, these new leaves sprouting as, as a sign that summer is near. The signs of, of the times will, will indicate the nearness of Christ's return. But like I said, anticipation is not merely waiting. It is the opportunity for us to like, do things in our lives to cultivate awareness. Like if you want to be aware of if your house is safe, what do you do? Well, I would say the first thing you do is you lock your doors, right? And if you want more safety, you put in a, an alarm system. You put it out, out cameras because you're anticipating something bad happening, right? Well, as we anticipate Christ's return, We have to do things to put things in place to actually participate and to anticipate. Now, here's the great thing. You don't need to lock your doors for Jesus. You don't need a burglar alarm. All right. He he is someone that we anticipate with good. So what can you do um, to be watchful? I mean, now, when you hear me talk about these things, I, I want you to understand this is not about doing things. This is about creating opportunities to experience Christ. If we just sat there in silence or listened to sports radio or watched the latest Christmas movie and said, Lord, I want to experience you, it might not happen. Why? Because you're not actively engaging. And so I'm not saying, hey, you need to go pick up a good book and you need to re- read that book front to cover make You know you should do? You should go ask Casey where she got that Advent wreath. And you should like that here. You can do those things. Matter of fact, we do those things at our home. But what can you put in place to start anticipating what God is doing in your life? Not just the fact that he's coming back, but that you can say, I am anticipating, I am hoping, I am really desiring that God would change this in me. And so this Advent season, how do you start to cultivate and not just end at Advent, but but to use the new year of of the church calendar to to really kick things off for for you spiritually? Like what, what do you need to do in order to hear God better? Because as you hear him better, you'll realize, wow, you've always been talking to me. Like you've always been working in me because I belong to you. And so what is it that creates that in you? for one friend of mine, he's just like, man, I just got to get out in nature. Great. And what do you do? Do you whistle to the birds? No. What I do is I listen to God's word as I'm walking in nature. For another one of my friends, he's, he's, he says it's golf. I'm just joking. He tries to. Right, Bobby? Just kidding. <laughs> but we need to cultivate spiritual watchfulness in our lives. So don't come up with a list of things to do and say, I'm going to do these thousand things or whatever. No. What do you want God to help you with? What do you want your heavenly father that came to us to be involved in. What are you anticipating? Good or bad? And how do you invite God into that? That is how you prepare your heart. That is being watchful. That is being anticipating not to do more, but to experience Christ more. The promise of Christ's coming brings us hope. It brings us hope in the midst of life's challenges. We live in a broken world. But anticipating a Christ that is returning can set our heart right over and over again. Our anticipation of Christ's coming gives us hope in the midst of adversity. Like we all have it. But see, the gift of anticipation brings focus. It brings rejoicing in the gift of Christ as we anticipate his returning. And we get to share this anticipation. Now, there's oftentimes that we as Christians hear, well, I need to share this anticipation. And we're like, you know what? I'm going to go witness to a bunch of people. I'm going to go stand next to a guy that's ringing the bell for Salvation Army at Walmart. And I'm going to say, hey, let me show you how I'm anticipating Christmas and Jesus and all this. And, and if that's what God's calling you to do, go for it. What I mean about being um, and, and sharing this anticipation, it's really for us as believers, first and foremost. Like it's for you and God and then the next level of that anticipation that we're sharing is with fellow brothers and sisters of Christ. Because we get to experience together what God is doing. And so if God is up to something and it's, it's going well over here, and you're like, wow, a, and God's also up to something, and things aren't going well because of hardship, like we share that commonality together and that, that brings unity to us. And now we're anticipating together. I mean, if you're going to uh, a football game or a basketball game by yourself, I have. It's not as fun when I don't have three rows of family with me. Because I'm just like watching and anticipating what's going to happen. But when I'm there and I'm anticipating and I got those that that love me and I love them surrounding me. I feel their anticipation. And then there's a joy. There's something that's different about that. So let's continue to cultivate together to share what God is doing and what you're anticipating, like what you're hoping to see. Because I promise you most of the things that you're hoping to see in this room, somebody shares or has shared that in their past. Yeah, like I'm hoping God really helps me get rid of that thing in my life. Or I'm hoping God gives me the courage to approach that person. And talk to them about something that's been hard in our relationship. Or, or maybe I to get the courage to go in and encourage someone else. But there is darkness. The heaven that we anticipate is not here, or at least not realized yet. It's all around us. And back then in these verses, what Jesus was saying to them, they were in total belief that they were in darkness. They had hoped and waited for a savior and that he came, and, and, and we wait for his next return. And when we think of darkness, we often think about this: evil, sin, and Satan. Like if I say, hey, think about darkness, that's exactly what we think about. Broken world, things that are messed up, da-da-da-da-da. Well, Advent. And a relationship with Christ is about this, looking at darkness this way. Instead of thinking about darkness as evil, sin, and Satan, think about it this way, that Jesus entered that darkness. And because he entered that darkness, it really has no hold on us. Will it affect us? Yeah. Will it bring pain? Yep. Yep. But will it win? No way. John chapter 1, verse 5 says this. The light shines in the darkness. In the darkness, meaning it's here. Don't you love that that God's word acknowledges that things are broken? It's not all fluffy. No. The light shines in the current darkness. Oh, and the darkness has not overcome it. Colossians 1, verse 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. But there is darkness, there is hope. There is hope as we wait for Jesus' return. But until then, there is confusion, anxiety, suffering, grief, fear, worry. Stop me if I've touched a nerve. That explains a lot of us. But this type of darkness doesn't ultimately win. It will creep in it will creep up but it doesn't have to overtake you it doesn't have to change how you live other than you coming, becoming closer and closer to Christ in the midst of what is happening living in anticipation is what Advent gives us the opportunity to begin our year with as a church to practice waiting for Jesus for his final return, for his ongoing work in our lives, waiting for him to work in us, experiencing his presence in the here and now as we wait for him to return. We are all waiting on him. So, where are you waiting on him? What do you need most? From him. Where do you need him to show up. In your life right now.